You're listening to the Sports Therapy Association podcast, putting evidence back into soft tissue therapy. Hey, people. How are you doing? Welcome to the Sports Therapy Association podcast, recorded as always, nearly as always, on a Tuesday at eight o'clock on the Sports Therapy Association YouTube channel. Um, thanks for joining us. If you're in the live lounge, um, for example, let me just bring some of these wonderful people up onto the main screen. Glenn Murphy, good evening. If you do join us live, then then it gives you a chance to obviously ask our guests and panel questions. I'll also bring up your wonderful photo or logo up onto the screen so everybody can see it. Potentially 3,000 people might come and see your logo. It's not a bad way of networking, to say the truth. Um, Alternatively, you can obviously download the audio only um, as a podcast of all popular apps, which some of you are probably doing and listening to at this moment. Um, Cecily Hislop, thanks for joining us. Howdy also, Cecily. Becky Carroll is here as well. Good evening, fellow STA podcast viewers. It's class, that Becky. Um, Glenn Murphy. They're now saying good evening to each other. So, yeah, you're welcome to join us. Listen to the podcast. All you've got to do is come along, like I say, the Sports Derby Association YouTube channel at 8 o'clock on a Tuesday normally. Right, so where are we? It's the first Tuesday of the month, uh, which means that we've got our regular Ask Us Anything, um, which is a chance for you to either email me any questions you might have to do with the soft tissue therapy industry, whether it's to do with setting up clinic, it might be something to do with practice. There was even a question we saw the other day we were just talking about whether people are supposed to be wearing protective equipment still. Um, and if so, to what extent? So there's lots of questions out there which you might have, which you can be sure someone else is thinking the same questions. So you can email it to me, or if you prefer, you can come to the show live on Tuesday and uh, put it to the panel yourself. We'll discuss it here. So there we go. Um, before I do bring up our wonderful panel tonight, I uh, just want to have a shout out to uh, last month's focus, which was on the abdomen and the groin. It was a fantastic month. I mean, we always have wonderful guests. I'm not going to lie. Um, you guys really are spoiled. But it was a particularly informative month as we talked all about the abdomen and the groin. We started off uh, with Dr. Sarah Rollins, who gave us a marvellous introduction to the anatomy of the anterior abdominal wall. If you haven't heard uh, Dr. Sarah Rollins talk before, it's wonderful. It's worth watching on YouTube because she's so animated with her hands and she describes anatomy. She's often got a model of something which you'll pull next to her. So I definitely want to listen to on YouTube or watch on YouTube if you get the chance. A wonderful educator, um, really, really worth listening to that. Um, in part two, we had Dr. Joel Papadopoulou, um, who looked at the anatomy of the groin diagnosis and a really interesting look at the particular surgical procedure. She's a surgeon herself um, for when conservative measures are getting the results. So again, it was absolutely marvelous eye-opener. Um, to the different surgery that is available when conservative methods haven't worked. And then in part three, we had um, the marvellous Benoit Matthew of Function to Fitness, who a lot of you um, have been uh, asking to get on the show. I finally managed to get him. Um, again, a, a marvellous educator, such a joy to listen to. And he talked about treatment for groin injuries. Um, sadly, part four was advertised um, with Jenny Burrell of Burrell Education, but Jenny couldn't make it for one reason or another. But um, it will be postponed and we will bring it out another time. Um, and Jenny is going to talk about her speciality, diastasis recti, which is abdominal separation at a later date. So it will happen. So that's last month available in all popular podcast apps and also YouTube if you want to watch the video. But as far as tonight goes, um, it's all about asking this wonderful team of people who are waiting patiently in the lobby and um, questions which you've emailed in and also any questions which Live Labs might have as well. Okay, I want to cover as much as possible. So I think without further ado, I should start bringing up our panel in no particular order. I'll just bring them all up and then let them introduce themselves. Here we go. You're listening to the Sports Therapy Association podcast, putting evidence back into soft tissue therapy. Hey, Danny. Hi. Hey, Nikki. Evening. Oh, I've got a busy little lobby here. I've got Scott coming up. Hey, Scott. Good evening. Yeah, just asking for the link. Oh, Tim's here now. Wonderful. Hey, Tim, how are you doing? Well, Craig, check you, you out. 
Oh, people watching the house, sorry. Very, very, very And Gary will be with us later as well. So, uh, great. Thanks for joining us, guys. Really kind of you to give us your time. Um, Tim, you need no introduction. Uh, we know Tim already. He's been here most episodes. Um, wealth of information. Um, multidisciplinary clinic. Years and years, decades, I think you can officially say now and again. Um, employing massage therapists, osteopaths, podiatrists, and physios. And so fantastic wealth of resources but for people aren't aware of who else we've got in here let's go around the clock and just give yourself a brief introduction on what you do maybe what part of the country you're in um danny do you want to start hi everyone um this is my first podcast uh my name is danielle or dan or danny uh i'm based down in um gatwick uh in a place called crawley and my clinic is called body health gatwick there we go and you yourself what titles do you give yourself or what have you studied I am a graduate sports therapist. There we go. Okay, you don't mention the biomechanics much, do you? I yeah, surprised that out of you. I've got a master's in biomechanics as well. There you go. Just <laughs> to mention that. It's on the gate analysis course the other week. And it's like, and done anything else in biomechanics? Yeah, yeah, master's. Well, oh, thanks for dropping that one in now. Fantastic. Yeah, so modest. <laughs> Nikki, over to you. Evening, everybody. I'm Nikki Mansfield. I'm a soft tissue therapist for. Um, uh, Mansfield Massage and Movement, my own my own business. I've been doing it for twelve years, and I'm based in um, St Ives in Cambridgeshire. I feel like I'm on a game show. <laughs> it's, it's coming across like that so far, and you're ex- exciting times for you as well because you've started hosting courses as well, haven't you? New practice and new space. Yes, um, yeah. I was hoping to be able to ask uh, Tim a question uh, later, but not if he's not got time. Yes, um, I've recently gone from being a a lone practitioner since the beginning of COVID. I had a team before that uh, and a few locations, but then lone practitioner, one practice. And in the past eight, six months, probably six to six or nine months, I've now moved locations, built a new practice, um, started hosting training courses, uh, started recruiting my team again, and also taken on some uh, a role offered to me by James and Owen at Born to Move. So all of a sudden, I've got a lot to do. <laughs> You've been on the show before, and it's been marvellous watching um, your journey of expansion. Um, I think you've been on a couple. It started off, I think we, had, we were fortunate to have you on when it was a plan, and then there was kind of a, a bit of tension and fear, and then there was the episode where you're just over the moon and like you're smoking something, you're just so happy and positive. Um, so it's been great. It's, it's a real inspiration for other people out there to show how you've grown and expanded and moved around. So thank you for joining us. And then we've got Scott Loins. Scott, for people who don't know you, give us a little rundown. Good evening. Uh, so, yeah, Scott, I'm a graduate sports therapist as well, uh, based in uh, Sunny Seaton Crew, Hartlepool in the northeast. Um, so, yeah, I kind of work privately um, most of the week, working rugby, working a sixth form, and then, as some of you may know, uh, work alongside Matt and Gary, um, the SDA as well, for the past three years has been so yeah doing various resource developments hosting coffee chats different podcasts as well which are in the members section so yeah yeah we should remind people listening um about these coffee chats shouldn't we normally they want to oh, obviously here Thursday, wednesday night wednesday so. so every other wednesday at nine thirty. there you go and there are wealth information they're just for stm members aren't they yeah, so there we go. So that is one of the best. Uh, it's, yeah, it's a complete open chat as well. So anybody can come on and just kind of ask whatever, whatever they want. Perfect. And they're advertised in the STA, uh, in the open group, they advertise as well? Or is it just in there? Uh, no, we, well, we kind of put them in there now and again, uh, but we don't put the links in. Okay, so it's just a member. This is what we part. do. Nobody else does. Fantastic. Great news. Okay, right. So um, as uh, per a month ago, I've got some wonderful questions which um, have been sent in. Um, I'm just keeping my eye on the lobby. If you guys see anyone else waiting in the lobby or anything, then let me know. Um, Gary has got an MSc too. Sorry. Sorry, Scott. What's your master's in? Sports rehab. There you go. Sports rehab. Thanks, Gary, for pointing that out. It's brilliant. So we've got a fantastic panel, basically, tonight. Um, I've got a master's and... too, but mine's in engineering business management, so it's kind of not applicable. Oh, God. <laughs> incredible. I've got a YMCA certificate from 1995 for fitness training that I did in Tottenham Court Road. I don't know if that counts. 
Thank you very much. Yeah, that's great. <laughs> it took me two months. Um, anyway, right, so let's crack on with some questions because I know Tim's got to shoot um, soon and it's 8.14 already. So you know what, actually, Nikki, mm? this is your stage now. I know you've got a burning question for Tim. So what we're going to take it from you. Yeah. Uh, well, I kind of did the intro a bit already, Tim. Um, I, I wondered if you... I don't know anybody whose portfolio in portfolio management is quite as large as yours, sir. Uh, you seem to have your fingers in many, many pies and seem to excel at all of them from at least from what we can see on the outside. And I having all of those different things kind of from the past 18 months come into fruition all in the past six months. I wondered if you had any tips on portfolio management, what, what I'm tending to do. And I am working with it. I'm, I'm kind of progressing, but I am finding that I'm spending much more time on the bits I really, really enjoy and far uh, less time on the bits that are a bit more tedious, kind of like the patient notes and things like that, but are absolutely essential. So any tips for how to divide your time? Um, do you know what? It's, it's really hard, isn't it? Because there's so much in our lives that take up so much time. But I, I think it depends on what your goal is what is your goal it, like, is, is the goal growth is 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 that what you want to do and, and is that growth does that is that courses is it is it more therapists is it is it more clients or patients um what, what's the goal what what do you want to do what, where, where's nikki in two years time or a year's time ah okay oh, okay in that case it probably it's probably okay what i'm doing because my, my goal uh, we share i shared before but my goal is in the next probably five to ten years starting earlier than i thought uh, to see fewer and fewer clients to have more special because the ones I see are, are for, for far more specialized reasons and hopefully be able to train some uh, therapists so that they they will kind of pass me the ones that they can't really deal with um I mean what yeah. it keeps interesting for me but also I, I love I love a good massage um and I probably won't stop doing that altogether but um yeah probably less and less time on the actual clinical stuff and more and more time on the building the clinic stuff yeah, so you've got to be good at so many areas from PR to marketing to advertising to um, graphics to Yeah, writing. and this is what and, I'm really enjoying at the moment. Yeah, and that's so cool. I mean, the thing is about all that stuff is it's all builds assets which you can market and you can promote yourself. Whether you, you, whether you write a blog, that's great advertising for what you do. And you can make it quite niche. Um, you, you know, we've just increased the, the website hits to 45,000 um, clicks a month on, on, wow. on our Sorry Physio website. And we put a lot of good content on there. And that really helps. So you can go niche, go add content, add media, generate publicity, PR, talk to absolutely everyone. Tell everyone what you do. And never, never feel, uh, never feel nervous about it, or never, never hide it. Just tell absolutely everyone. This is what I'm doing. This is what I'm, I'm hoping. This is what I'm building. This is, and people will get behind you, and they'll get behind you. And you know, what? and if if you fail, it doesn't matter. If you fail in one part, you just pivot. And mm. and I fail a lot. I, I actually do a lot more, and I fail in things, and I pivot and try and figure out what what works. So it doesn't matter if one aspect of it doesn't work. Shut it down. Do do pivot. Um, and it's, it's, it's a really common word in tech is pivoting. Everyone talks about pivoting because so many techs fail. So many, so many apps fail. And so we all pivot. So I would say just, and just go with relentless vision. Just have your vision and know where you want to be in two years and then dream about it. Think about it. Live it. Go to bed and think about it at night and just have that vision and, and that goal in your mind and you'll do it. Cool. Yeah. I think, I think I've got a really clear vision of 10 years time. I think what I need to do is get some more short-term ones kind of what's that look like in chunks yeah do you yeah. say to yourself how many therapists do i want working with me do i want three therapists brilliant okay so how many how many clients do i need for three therapists okay let's say 50 clients a week yeah. so i'm going to start working and getting that 50 i'm going to generate 50 clients a week coming into the clinic and i'm going to manage those but i'm going to be driving those patients in i'm going to be driving those clients in and that I think you can start on that sort of aspect. That's really interesting to hear that there's people don't see the things which you've tried and haven't worked. They only hear about mm. successes. I think that's a really useful bit of information. It, you know, coming from you, it's really healthy to try things and realize that they won't. No one's going to laugh at you. You just don't work. We're doing something else. I, I could spend a whole session talking about the disasters that I've done. <laughs> we'll do that. That's <laughs> a show. 
Next we'll week. Do, we'll do a disaster off again. We'll talk about all the failures, you know, from, from, from various ebooks that I wrote that, that didn't work to, to softwares, to, to, to apps. I built apps that have failed. I mean, I've, I've done a lot of failures. That's good. That's great information. Right. Look, so um, thank you for that. Uh, I hope that's given you um, food for thought, Nikki. Right. So I've got a load of questions here which we mailed in or um, were taken from the Sports Masters Training and Support Group. Um, who um, I definitely think you guys would be interested, listeners, that is, uh, to check out. Um, it's run by Tracy um, Name Kleiner, I think it is. I really want to get on the show. So it's a group worth checking out if you're looking for support and questions, and also a group to share information if you've got it um, on Facebook. Um, and so a lot of the questions have come from there. So, Tim, I know you've got it. I'm just giving you 8.20, just so you know what the time is, Tim. When you've got to go, you've got to go. Okay, just let you know. What I'm going to do is, as always, I'm going to bring these up on the screen and then see if you guys have got um, some interesting information to share, personal experience and that sort of stuff. Sounds okay? Mm -hmm. Okay, great. It's just as well as you're here. So we're going to start. The first, it's interesting, the first few questions, there might be an overlap, but these were I found on different websites um, and they didn't connect with each other. So I think if your answer is we can get one thing to do all of it, that's fine. So I'm going to bring them up. Let me bring up question one, first of all. Um, first question is, oh no, not that, hold on. First question is on the screen now. I'll read out the main question, which the whole question which came from the website. Advice for online software for recording and storing intake forms and clinical notes needs to be good but affordable for a practitioner that is starting out. Okay, now the next question kind of links to this, and we talked about this a little bit off air. The next question is regarding booking software that keeps everything together and sends confirmation TNCs. Now, there might be an overlap, so it might be one thing that does it all. Um, and people might not realize that. You might be paying a bit more and then suddenly have it all under one kind of useful communicating egg. But the second one was advice on a booking app calendar slash software that keeps everything together and sends confirmation TNCs. So if you guys know something which does both of those together, um, then feel free to shout. But the yeah, floor is yours. What we've got, people? Um, I've recently just updated my online booking software uh, and have trolled through many <laughs> to get where I've got to. Um, I think I spoke to you as well, Tim. <laughs> uh, um, but yeah, so uh, the one I used to use was TM3, uh, which had clinical notes. It was it was really nice software. Um, I really liked them, actually. Their customer service was spot on, to be honest with you. Um, that's the Irish based one, isn't it? Yeah, Ireland, yeah. And I just found like if, if I had any problems, mm, they were just easy to get in contact with. So when I was, so my clinics also changed and expanded. I've become quite multidisciplinary, and their software wasn't allowing me to do the other things that I did in the clinic as well. Um, so uh, without adding like significant cost to what it was. <laughs> um, so yeah, I had to change. So uh, I obviously went on like your SCA, like uh, Facebook groups, like trolling everyone, trying to find what everyone else used. Uh, I also found what was really useful was going to other clinics in my area and just going on their website and seeing what they used because it clearly works for them. So um, it was a good way of just kind of finding out. So uh, I obviously looked at Sport Injury Fix. I thought it was wicked, um, but it was a bit too simple for what I needed. Um, there was one called um, Setmore, I think it was, which was dead cheap, super cheap, um, very simple. So if you're starting out, that probably is like one of the, the best ones, I guess. Um, but it didn't have like the clinical notes side of things. So it was a bit more simplified. It was literally like writing things down. Um, Clinco, I think, which is a lot of users use. The uh, one thing I didn't like was you couldn't just ring someone up if someone, something went wrong. And when it goes wrong, it's really stressful. I've been in that position <laughs> before. Um, so for me, it was really important to be able to contact people if, like, for some reason the website shut down or it wasn't loading. Um, in the end, I've gone for a company called MindBody, which aren't necessarily the cheapest, but they do offer me everything that I need. So it, I think with all these... So that's my experience of like just like looking around and picking what was good and what wasn't for it and what worked for me. But I think if you're starting out, like 
just keep it simple what you're doing um you know one practitioner one room dead easy nice and easy when you start putting other little things to it it starts going a bit it that's when it's difficult personally and like go for a company that you can contact because it is really important when it goes wrong so yeah. how much of a difference danny to give us an idea in price was there she mentioned some of the cheap but what sort of what range of prices were you looking at considering so i think setmore had um a free option um and then i think they were like 25 pounds something like that um sport injury fix i think was the 30 40 pound marker um which a lot of them are kind of around there tm3 including that was nearly 60 but it did give you really good clinical note stuff so you know that that was it <clears throat> mind body i'll be honest is is expensive it's 100 but it did it does do everything that i need and like i said i've gone very multidisciplinary now if i stayed with tm3 everything i added on would have cost me an extra 30 pounds mm-hmm. which then would have cost me more than what i'm paying now if that makes sense um but yeah it is what works for you at the end of the day and my advice is to go play with all of them it's very time consuming but it is is the only way you can see that's great what a wonderful question for you to answer what other what have we got tim if you can reply because obviously you'll be involved with various online software as well what does it make sense what danny's saying you got anything to add yeah, I think the, thing, the key thing is, is there's a lot of choices. I mean, I can think I could probably name at least 30, possibly 40 softwares. Um, and I've got a lot of experience in this. Um, we started with PPS, private practice software, which is, is, is quite robust. I had problems and then I built our own practice management software. It took two years uh, and, and a full-time developer to build a whole software program. I bought sort of sports injury th- fix SIF. I, I actually, um, it, it was actually, a, a, um, I actually basically took on their debts. Um, unfortunately, sports injury fix um, was hemorrhaging a lot of money and was due to shut down. I took it on. Um, that that was that's been a, a real, um, a, a really tough ride, um, and, and made a lot of mistakes in that, and, and still make mistakes. But but it's actually a very budget and a, a very workable. Um, uh, affordable solution that's ten pounds a month on the cheapest version, um, and for for what for one user. And I, I think Clinico is very very popular. Um, that's probably the biggest out there now. TM3 is very very big. It's a very very powerful software. Um, you, you've got others like um, your Physio Diary is another one. Um, as there's a new one come out just recently called My Osteopath. I mean, there's there's a lot. I think just it's got to work for you because they all do something different. And actually, I looked at a lot of them as well, Danielle. And I didn't find one that worked for our clinics. So we built our own. Um, and it, I mean, obviously we had some resources and it took a long time, it took hundreds of hours of effort to do it, but I couldn't find what we wanted. Uh, and so that's how hard it is to get what you want. So you do have to really shop around. Yeah. So it's kind of interesting, isn't it? Because as always happens, as Danny said, she was going around trolling all these forms and seeing what everyone else is using. And we kind of, there's a danger in that, isn't there? Because if you're just going to grab what someone else is using, thinking, oh, well, so many people are using this. If it doesn't suit your needs, then again, it's a, just a bad choice, isn't it? You really got to. And I think there's things you've got to look for that, that certain things you just need are non-negotiables. Like you've got to be able to send SMSs. You've got to be able to send email reminders. You know, you've got to be able to input templates. You've got to be able to send out forms. You've got to be able to do follow-ups to emails. You know, those sort of things are key things. You've got to be able to email your your client base. You know, there's it's those sort of things you've just got to have. So you've got to figure out what do I need? Do you want accounting on there? If you've got a, if you put, are you putting all your accounting software, or do you have a separate accounting system? If you've got a separate accounting system like Xero, does it integrate? You know, or do you want to use their accounting system? There's all sorts of things. You've always got to take money from a, from a client. And so how do you tally that up? So it's, it, it's a really in-depth thing and it's, it's, it's a tough call. You've just got to figure out what works for you. Nikki and Scott, what's your experiences? Have you found that one bit of software will do both of these questions that have been asked separately? If you, do you find that happens, Nikki? Uh, yeah, I use Clinico. There's some things it doesn't do. Um, it doesn't uh, handle classes very well, but that's okay. I don't run any classes. Uh, and it doesn't at the moment support uh, paying a deposit, but it can take a full uh, payment in, in uh, advance, but it will, it's integrating with, it's integrated with Stripe, so you, you will be able to do that. But it does everything else I need. And actually it's interesting you're saying, Danny, because I know, I mean, it's Australia based, so they're not on the same time zone as us. Their um, 
online chat, typey chat, is the best chat I've ever come across. I usually get somebody answering it because they've got people global. Somebody answering it within maybe 12 minutes is the maximum I've had to wait. And um, they all, I call them cl- clinic bots. They, 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 every single person you talk to, they don't have to pass it to somebody else. They just know everything about what you want to do. And sometimes I've worked loads of stuff out on Clinica because it's quite, um, it's quite intuitive. Uh, and so sometimes I'll just go on and say, I've tried to make it do this. It doesn't look like it does it. Is this the way I get around it or is there a better way? And they come on and go, no, you're absolutely right. And then you can just crack on. I like how customizable it is. Um, it does my clinic notes. It, I wish it did them for me. Um, but it, it, it takes my clinic notes. It'll come with AI. Won't be <laughs> it will. Um, scheduling is really, really, really easy. Uh, confirmation emails, follow-ups, uh, reminders. The only thing it doesn't do, which MindBody does, because on MindBody you create um, an account. So there's some way you, the user creates an account for your client. Yeah. Somewhere they don't. So I, I, if I was a client using it, Clinico one, what I'd like to be able to do is to log in and see my upcoming appointments. And because you don't create an account in that way on Clinico, it's a completely different setup. You don't get to see that. So they, they can check, they can they can phone me and say they can send me a list of my appointments, or they just check their emails and see what they've got. But they don't you don't log in as such. And it's not a single process to reschedule. You have to click a cancellation link. This is for the client click a cancellation link and then it takes you to the calendar to rebook. Whereas I think it would be better if they could make those happen simultaneously. But so you far, said something it? about classes. So Danny, is that something you're running? You're running classes? Yeah. I, is that um, one of the reasons you kind of tip towards? Yeah, I needed, honestly, I needed so many different functions, but yeah, yeah, I do teach classes. I do strength and conditioning, the clinic. Yeah. Um, yeah, and then I have like other things in my clinic. I have like compression legs and and hopefully some other bits coming soon. So yeah, it just I needed something, and also online bookings honestly have changed my life. <laughs> they have freed up my time so much. They honestly like the back and forth, the amount of texts that you get that say, "Can I book an appointment?" and that is it. Nothing yeah. else. <laughs> not yeah. a name. <laughs> not yeah. a day. Just send them a link now. Oh, yeah, exactly. And you just go, or if you're, if they ring you up and say, if you're driving, like you're on your hands free, like legal driving. Um, and you can just be like, well, um, I can't see my diary right now, but why don't you book via the website? Yeah. And then I've put a link on my website. They click it. So they don't need to remember the actual URL. They just know yeah. what my name is and they type it into Google. Do you see what I mean? Um, I think it's yeah, a good no. filter as well. Cause you get some randoms that go, how much for an half hour sports massage? And you're thinking, yeah, you're after a cheap massage, you know, and I, I don't mind doing massages, yeah, but but then you can go, oh, this is, uh, so, so I'm a soft tissue therapist, this, have a look at my website, you can find out all about soft tissue therapy, see if it is for you, and on there, <laughs> it's no mistake that my prices are on there, which makes some people kind of go, oh, no. Yeah, it eliminates all that nonsense. Yeah. I think that's an important point as I'm well, before we go on to Scott, bit, actually. the pro, I think it's, so you're what you're, you're paying extra, but you're saving a lot of your time. And I think sometimes younger mm. therapists forget that. They think, "Wow, that looks really expensive—40, 56 quid a month." If you weigh up how long you're spending, how many hours of your time, when you could be doing something else, you're answering calls, you're ringing back, you're chasing people, you're expanding on text messages and like that. It's yeah. um, needs to make that mistake, yeah. isn't it? Sorry, Scott, I jumped in. What do you right. use? That's what we need to know. Uh, now. So interestingly, we actually discussed this comes up quite a lot on the coffee chats as well. Um, so there's quite a lot of different, a lot of people, uh, Gary included, still uses like paper diary. It's not for me personally. Um, so I start, I actually use Setmore. Um, I started using it like when I first started back doing clinic um, and it was recommended to me by a friend. I was like, I'll have a look. And I've just stuck with it. And I actually just use the free version. So, and it works absolutely fine. And I use it across four different, I've got myself set up as like four different practitioners um, and I can kind of make as many services as I want and align them to whichever. So like for here, so it's kind of, this is the Seton Clinic. I've got another clinic in Stockton. So I just kind of block those days off and I can, yeah, it works really well actually. And you can create separate links for different locations, different services. So if somebody wants injury assessment in Stockton, I just click that link. Yeah. And ping it across. Yeah, or if somebody does 
Yeah, it's it's really and it's free, um, and it stores. If somebody books online, so it goes through the website. On my website, I've got click a um, appointment, book an appointment, seat and book an appointment, stop and click on that, and it brings up all the options. What um what what's the top thing which you're getting for free, which is great, and that's that's you interest a lot of people. What's the kind of first top thing which you miss and okay. wish you had? So the one thing uh, which actually caused me a bit bit of annoyance uh, a couple of weeks ago was actually not being able to do repeat appointments. So I can't just go right repeat that because I've got uh, I do a couple of home visits for like. Um, certain circumstances so like it's an 85 year old guy who who doesn't really leave the house very much so i do go around do 30 minutes worth of exercise and rehab with him um twice a week and it's on set days and set times and because i've been so busy i forgot to put in those two days and times and it happened to be that somebody just went online at, i think it was about four o'clock in the morning two people on a saturday night separate completely separate both and booked those exact days and those times I was like, oh. so yeah, that's a bit annoying. Um, but apart from that, I mean, I can do the follow-up emails because like literally you just bring up that person. Um, you can see how many appointments they've had, how much, and actually see how much money they've spent with you. Um, it tracks all your income. So you can highlight it per, for me, I can highlight it per clinic because I've also got myself set up um, for the rugby club that I work at. And at the sixth form, I work at. So all the students and all the rugby players can all book in. And all the links are all private, so I can make them private or public on the website. Um, so it works really well. And it stores all the details as well. Fantastic. So, yeah. That's so interesting. So three different online, people. Yeah. If they book online, they have to pay as well, which I like. Yeah, yeah. It sorts out as well. Three people in here and all using different systems, but all clearly for different reasons you know so yeah. I, get, I think the main answer for that is write down on a bit of paper or chat through to somebody what what you need what you don't need and then work it out from there great is, loads of them have free trials just go try the free trials mm. yeah if you don't Very like nice. it cancel it exactly. uh, loads of them have um, referral uh, deals as well so if you get you can get yeah. a code off somebody that already has got it you'll get a free month after your free month and they get something as well Right, I'm going to bring up the next question. It's kind of tied in because it's to do with software as well, or hardware in this case, or software. But um, yeah, here we go. Question three um, is advice on a payment app card machine. Integral part clinic or not? We should start with it. We've got any interesting stories? I use Zettle. Uh, that's the first one I went for. Um, bizarre, you saying that you only just, uh, um, the online booking changed your life, Danny. And now Gary still uses Paper Diary. I resisted it for years. I resisted all kinds of payments until I was like, all right, electronic, you can do a transfer. And then obviously COVID hit and I still hadn't got a, a card machine by then. And uh, that's what most of my card, my payments are taken on now. So I've used that all right from the beginning. I think they've upped their transaction charge a little bit, but it's only, I've just worked it out while we were um, sitting in the, the waiting room. It's, they do uh, one pay, it's one pound. 1.75%. So I charge 70 quid for a follow-up and I lose £1.23. And it's totally worth the the ease of it for me. Because you just literally go, thanks very much, beep, and then they're out of there. You haven't got to think about payment, you've got to sort out change. I, I couldn't live without it now. And I also can use it so when I go and do the hosting for the courses, so for example, we I hosted at <coughs> James Earl's course recently, um, and we were selling uh, his books while we were there. So I just took that with me. And so people could do car payments. It just, they're so, you see them on markets, you know, when mm -hmm. I go to the market, I'll go and buy my mom some flowers. They're, they've all just got little zettles and some ups. And... Sandy, you were nodding. You used the same thing, right? So, uh, yeah, no, I use iZettle. Um, mm. It's a good bit of kit. Uh, I, I think the sum up might be a smidgen cheaper. Um, it's on my list of many things to uh, attack uh, to get a better deal. Um, I, I think also sum up, you can send a payment request to their phone. So You can do that on Zettle as well. Oh, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> um, and yeah, so I do use that. Although with my new online bookings, I can actually now start taking payments via that. Um, but it's, it's not very cost effective because it's... Mm. Uh, I can't remember what company it is Stripe. 
um, which is a bit more expensive. But the, it, for the classes, it's sometimes better just to have that up front and then it's easier. Um, so I use Stripe as well, and, and they are just a little bit different, but I think it only it works out about three or four P per transaction for me. I want that three P. Online transactions. Um, and, and they are confusing because Stripe does a flat fee plus a percentage. So the, so and so careful you're not just looking at that bit because their percentage is less, but they also add a flat fee per trans- right. so it's a flat fee per transaction and then a percentage of the amount. And I don't yeah. like how uh, I can't predict that. That, that, yeah. that makes it really difficult. I don't trust Stripe. I've had some bad run-ins with Stripe on the website. And what happens if a client doesn't pay and then suddenly banks are informed and Stripe have charges each mm. time and suddenly you're owing them £80 for something that could have been sorted with just, oh, sorry, we've had a bit of a complication here. No, we can't take that back now. We've sent out our letters. Yeah. All got very... Well, I've yeah. had to refund something and they go, oh, you can't have your um, transaction feedback. Yeah, like, oh. I'm stick for that. Anyway, uh, before, it's really important now, Gary has actually clarified something. I'll bring it up on the screen. Gary says, I actually used to use in capital letters a paper diary. <laughs> I don't have capacity to work in clinic, but I do put my scheduled calls and meetings on a whiteboard. Is, it, is that just a big paper diary? Yeah, yeah, it's not an app. It's oh, very 2023, Gary. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it's, yeah. His only, his only outgoings is uh, whiteboard pens. <laughs> That's it. That's all he yeah. needs. <laughs> Scott, what are you using? Uh, some you up. Use? Oh, so, right. some card. Um, I know um, I've seen a few people have issues with it. There was an issue which I think was about a month ago, but like the entire sum up service was down. But that's mm-hmm. the only time I've ever had any problems. The only issue I've ever had is if I try to. If I'm playing music on a Bluetooth speaker through my phone, then try to use the SumUp app, it will not connect to the card reader. I have to close the music because I just don't think it likes the amount of, I don't know whether that's my phone or whether it's, it just doesn't connect. I think it's very similar. If you've got too many apps open, it doesn't work. Yeah. So I normally just close everything down Um, for work for like, in clinic, I'm using a MacBook now, but for, for clinic, I use a Chromebook. So it uses all um, Android apps. So I just use that. And it, it's normally pretty good, but I reset it about two weeks ago. And just, nothing wants to work on my Chromebook anymore. So that's, that's just a separate thing. But yeah, it, it's fine for me. It's same sort of thing as Nikki. It does take a fee off. and But the cost of me taking money constantly... And then having to go drive into town and then pay for parking and then queue up with the bank to put it in. My bank's closed. I can't do that. So it's just it it's easier. And it goes straight into a an account on SumUp, which I just use as my business account, it's, which I've got a card for. So I've I've got a business account directly linked to them. So it just it's really easy to kind of track how much you've got. You can send invoices through it if you want. It does charge you slightly more for invoices and the payment links you send as well, it charges yeah, a little bit those. more for that now as well. But it's like you say, it's it's kind of negligible. If I send a payment link because somebody hasn't brought their card or whatever to clinic, I go to get an extra pound put on to cover for the, the admin costs of it, but they made a way around that. Mm-hmm. But it's, yeah, and then on the website through Setmore, I use Square because that's set up for that. So it's a bit of a pain having to separate systems, one for online booking and one for in-clinic booking, but it's it's not that difficult, to be honest. It, it takes a bit of going used to it, but once you're used to it, it just runs yeah. pretty smoothly. Fantastic. People in the live lounge, don't forget, you've gone a bit quiet there, guys. Just if you've got something you're using differently or going to show you support for something, uh, Leslie Campbell here, going back a little bit, says, I'm just using FreshBooks. I've just started using FreshBooks for accounting. I'm thinking of asking Sip if we could integrate. Um, so yeah, guys, if you've got anything you want to add, then feel free to do that. Otherwise, I'm just going to keep going through these questions. Right, we've got the tricky one coming up. We were going to get to it eventually, and it's here. Let's bring it up. We might need Gary for this actually to look at the legalities and stuff. Um, so let me bring this up. It's a good question there. Shows the sign of the times we live in. Here we go. So uh, short version is on the screen. Are there words I'm not allowed to use when creating my website? And the longer version was, 
Um, I'm a recently qualified level five massage therapist, just to put a little context into it. And I've been warned about words I can, cannot say on my website, like pain and patient. There's an anonymous one. It's apparently they're informed by a chiropractor who they used to rent a room off. Um, yeah, and they're a little bit concerned about words they should and shouldn't be using. Yeah, we discussed this a little bit earlier on, didn't we? And I think if it's a website that people generally go on a search engine for and look for keywords, patient, fair enough. You know, we, we'll get onto that. But I think pain, I think you need to use that word. Given, take the connotations of pain science and all that kind of stuff away from it. People don't go on and go, knee ache. How do somebody to treat my knee ache? They don't say that. They say knee pain. They say lower back pain. They say neck pain, shoulder pain. When they're going on Google or they go sports mm -hmm. massage or, you know, so if you identify as a sports therapist or soft tissue therapist, I still think that word massage and sports massage is probably quite, because that's what the general public use. That is what you're going to come up on a search engine for. No, I, I I don't know why you wouldn't use the word pain. I suppose it depends what context. I think it's a sign of the times we live in. People are worried now, and there's a there's a there's a blurring of words we're not supposed to use, which Gary is going to come up and talk us through now. A wealth of knowledge there, and then words which blogs and people will say, "Oh, you shouldn't be doing that. You, know, you don't understand the definition of pain." So, can you say it's a pain and all these sort of things? Well, I don't think there's a legality involved in it. It's just about how you present yourself and whether you're worried about people judging you for maybe not using languages you know, in a modern way. But let's attack, first of all, attack is a long metaphor. Let's, yeah, let's attack, first of all, because Gary is coming in, words which we shouldn't be using on the website. Because this is really important, I think, for depending on what your title is and what you're qualified in. Good timing, Gary. Hi, everybody. Um, yeah, I, I think on that thread that was on Tracy McClimmon's group, um let me just connect my airpods again this is gary benson by the way founder of the sports therapy association and has spent tireless amounts of time warning people not to use for example advertise yourself as a physio because um there are implications legal implications for that when you're using titles that are only to be used by people who are men members of chartered associations and things like that so I think one of the things that we have to look at, Matt, is the Advertising Standards Authority, because they are the the policemen, if you like, of, of, of what we're putting on our websites. And, and I think personally, it's OK to use words like pain, but it's not OK to words to use words like, you know, come and see me and I can cure you of your pain. Mm -hmm. You know, we have to be realistic and say, if you come and see me and I apply some of my treatment magic, you don't use the word magic, by the way. That's a, a, a slip there. Um, I, I may be able to help you. That kind of language is OK, but I am aware that the Advertising Standards Authority are getting increasing numbers of, of complaints um, about misrepresentation of, of qualifications, about misrepresentation of, of skill um, and about, you know, curative um, properties of your treatment modalities. Is it something then, have we reached a stage where therapists could, in theory, be sued by, by clients slash patients slash customers? We're saying, you said you're going to cure my knee pain and it's not any better. I'm going to sue you. Is, it, is that the sort of thing people should be worrying about? I, I think in a litigious society in which we live now, I think that's a real possibility. Um, we've got a couple of members at the moment who are... Um, going through a stressful situation where people have you know taken them to small claims court because they haven't provided the service that they advertised and now whether that be you know sending out an exercise sheet on completion of the of the treatment or whether that's having that curative effect that you allude to in your question Matt I think we've got to be very careful you know just while we're on the point one should never display your insurance certificate in your clinic despite what you've been told because that has been proven to increase the the the, the chance of a claim against you um, but yeah as, as Scott mentioned a couple of times these are the questions we we, we, we discuss on the to, to with our members on on just about every coffee evening chat that we that we host 
So I, th I think we have to be realistic. We, you know, if anybody wants me to to proofread their website, just send me a link to it and I'll give you advice. But I have liaised with the Advertising Standards Authority in the past and they I have seen communications that they've sent to people and they are quite threatening. They are quite worrying. Uh, and they talk about um, fines, which are large fines. So uh, I can imagine somebody having one of those land on their doorstep or on their inbox might be worried about it. But the first thing to do if you do get one of those is, is give me a call and I'll take you through the process that we need to to go to 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 make sure that you're not disadvantaged or overly stressed about it. Does anybody in here? Thanks, Eric. That's brilliant. And, and like you say, uh, Coffee Chats is the place for STA members. This is where your professional association <coughs> should be guiding you. That's what you pay your money for. So our Coffee Chats are exactly what that is for. And you can have private chats with other members and mentors to help you with that. I'm wondering if anyone in here, if you guys still have to correct yourselves, particularly you, Scott, if you're working with the rugby team, do you still get people calling you the physio? And do you feel that it's necessary to do it each time to so correct them? <sighs> So it's, it's a bit of a running joke in my rugby club, actually. Like, it's, it's like he's not a physio, you know. And I had somebody go, "Oh, some physio." I was like, "I'm a physio, there, am I?" And like to the point of um, the high vis vest, I won't wear it. I, I don't technically need to wear it at the level that I was. I was just like, when we go to the league that we just been promoted to, I need to wear high vis. But it says physiotherapist on the back of it. Oh right, yeah. Oh, so I refuse yeah, to wear it. Um, and I actually had a conversation at one of the, the county rugby games. Um, she was like, and she was saying, Do you, are, you, are you wearing high-vis? I was like, I'm not wearing that because I'm not a sports, I'm a sports therapist. And she is a physiotherapist. And she was actually very surprised that I wouldn't because a lot of sports therapists do just call themselves to the point of the sign on my door says physio. And it really annoys me. Well, it actually says treatment room. And then somebody put up another physio thing so I, I just cover it i don't like it i'm not a physio if i want to be a physio i'd be a physio but i'm not because you take pride in what you do you don't feel the need because yeah, exactly a lot that. of sports therapists feel a little bit of pressure like i'll call myself a physio keeps it simpler and that's what they want to know but you're not allowed to eh? i mean you can get yourself to big problems can't you gary and it happens yeah, I, I, again, it's a protected title. It comes under the, the remit of the Professional Standards Authority. I myself have, have, have um, reported instances that I've seen, misrepresentation, um, you know, from industry professionals who I would expect better of. Um, I know several members have, have, um, have been contacted as well. And I think this links very nicely, Matt, with one of the questions further down about the use of hashtags. And if I can just you know, expand on that a little bit. I've spoken to the Professional Standards Authority and asked for clarification. Uh, I've had three communications in the last year. That's how long it takes them to get back to you because obviously they're very busy. But what they are are saying, and they won't put this in black and white yet because there, there is a policy meeting happening in the autumn. Um, the current policies have been reviewed at present. And then, as I say, there's going to be a policy meeting in the autumn. And they're saying... You know, let's just go back to what Scott was saying about being a physio. Let's say somebody comes in to see Scott. They leave a review on his website saying, say, great physio session with Scott today. Even though that might have been posted by a third party, there is a possibility that Scott, if he doesn't go on and, and, and comment on that or, or, or ask it to be edited, there is a, a possibility that under the current legislation, Scott could be fined. Um, and the same if you're, you know, if you're doing content for your website and you're using a hashtag and you put hashtag physiotherapy, there are two schools of thought on this. One of them is, and this was brought up by Chris Kitson in one of our uh, web chats probably last year, when he said that if, if he writes an article um, and he hashtags physiotherapy, it's because he wants that article to go to a physiotherapy audience as well as a sports therapy audience as well as an osteopath. He is not inferring that he is offering those treatments. But by the same letter, if if I put on a, a blog that, you know, come and see me for your Achilles tendinopathy, hashtag physiotherapy, hashtag osteopathy, then I'm inferring that I'm 
a physiotherapist or offering physiotherapy treatments or an osteopath and, and offering osteopo osteopathic treatments. So we have to be very careful about how and why we would use a hashtag. But, you know, the Professional Standards Authority, they won't give a definitive answer at the moment. Um, and they said it's all down to how you infer something. But But my response to them was, in a court of law, you know, if it ever came to that, how are you going to prove an inference? So it's um, it's up in there. And I think, you know, as a professional association, it's incumbent on me as, as possibly the, the leader of the team to, to warn our members of the risks that they take when they're doing this sort of thing. I can't tell you definitively not to do it. I can't tell you not to, to put your hashtags on there because it might be a way of increasing your audience. But my recommendation is, is that if if you look at it and reflect on it, can it be read that you're inferring that you're one of those regulated professionals or protected titles, then I would I would guard against that. Great information. Um, Danny, you were nodding your head when I asked Scott, because he's like on the touchline a lot about physio. Do you get people referring to you as physio then? Uh, not anymore. I used to work in football and uh, I was called everything from phys to nurse. So um, <laughs> whatever was the flavour of the week. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's funny because when, uh, when I worked in football, I was pretty fresh out of uni and um, it was maybe about 10 years ago. Um, but uh, yeah, different times. But you know what? As I've gone into the clinic world, I'm really proud to be a sports therapist. I know that's a bit corny, but like I will happily tell anyone I'm a sports therapist. Um, yeah, in my hashtags, I put sports therapy, sports therapist. I don't put physio because like Scott said if I want to be a physio I'd be a physio but you know what I, I'm pretty happy with the choice that I've made it 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 works for me and it's my identity and I think we should really own it and um the more we say it and we own it the more it becomes normal unfortunately physio is just is a little bit catchy uh sports therapy is a bit of a mouth mouthful so Gary if you could make that bit a bit more like one word <laughs> <laughs> well it, that, that's nothing to do with me I mean I I, I was involved in a consultation where therapy descriptors were written you know probably going back about 14 years but I had a really interesting conversation with one of our members who who worked in football and he was always called physio always in a way defended himself that he wasn't a physio and he brought up a very interesting point that if you use physiotherapy with a capital p then that's a, t a protected title but if you use physiotherapy with a lowercase p then that has become a verb you know it's something we do to people and 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 the general public and the the general sporting population not necessarily the sort of elite and higher levels they think you know it's a generic term for the treatment that they're going to get they don't think it's the title of, of what we are so there is a lot of confusion i think it's down to the csp to to put some definitive guidance out there it's their ball game you know they they should be the ones who, who put it out there but also the professional standards authority who sit above the the, the 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 CSP and the other sort of regulated professions, they should issue some some strong guidance as well instead of hiding behind the fact that well we've got some policies we might look at them again next year. Nikki, what's your experience? Uh, lots of my clients call me their physio. Um, not so much in recent years. I think that's um, and hopefully that's because I've I've helped to educate them on what soft tissue therapy is. I, I do, I do get frustrated when I see soft tissue therapists saying, oh, I just call myself a sports massage therapist because nobody knows what a soft tissue therapist is. And I'm like, well, they're not going to know unless we all, like, same with sports, sports therapists, Danny, like unless we start actually using that title everywhere we possibly can to get people used to it, then people, people aren't going to know. Oh, but I see, I'm in people's phones as all kinds of, of things, of, of Nikki, Nikki physio, Nikki massage, back woman, do um, you know fixer uh, all these things? And if I see it, I, I will correct people in a kind of jovial way and say, oh, you know, I'm not, I'm not a physio. Um, I, I don't want to be a physio. Um, and if a physio, and I then I joke and say, if a physio sees that in your phone, you make sure you tell them that I've told them that I'm not, <laughs> because it's. A, and I explain then it's protected, and then you have to get into a conversation about regulation and protection and. Well, why isn't your industry regulated then? And so it just, it just kind of, I don't get too 
upset about it. Um, I do. I do correct people. I'm a soft tissue therapist. I'm. I'm very, very proud of it. And this is problem, isn't there, with sports therapy? It does maybe limit people to contact you because they think you miss all the occupational health. I think that's why people look for something else rather than sports therapists. Um, and then that's the idea, maybe a soft tissue therapy. But again, like you say, we've got to use it more so people understand what it is and mm. see it more often. If it occurs in an inquiry, so if somebody's contacted me to say, oh, I've been to see my doctor and I've got this going on, they said physio might help, I'll say to them, so what is it that you or they said would help that a physio could do that would help? And I explain that I'm not a physio. Um, and they say, well, you know, I don't mean, and generally the words that come out of their mouth after that are, oh, I don't mean a physio, but you know, that kind of thing. And so yeah, just, yeah. I, I kind of talk more about how it is they would like to be helped. And then I'll know whether I can or whether I can refer them on. Matt, one of, one of the things that we're doing at the STA, and this was introduced in January this year, anybody who renews or applies to join, their certificate, instead of having a generic membership category, now has the title of their award. So if they have a soft tissue therapy certificate at level four, that's what their, their certificate will say. So that, that what we're trying to do is is cut through any confusion you may have because the training provider that you, you trust implicitly might have um, might say they're doing a level four uh, sports therapy, uh, sports massage therapy, but they might advise you in your marking to drop the massage. And this links to what Penny's asked in there. If you are a soft tissue therapist, can you progress to be a sports therapist? Now, I... I openly invite all of the other professional associations who are involved in sports therapy to come and have a, an open discussion on one of these forums so we can get to the bottom of it but basically if you look at the national occupational competency standard which i'll abbreviate to the nos for sports massage there are two competencies in sports massage there are 14 competencies in sports therapy now the sports massage NOS, National Occupational Standards, were updated around about 18 months ago, but the NOS for sports therapy hasn't been updated since the consultation I took part in in 2007, 2008, were introduced in 2009 and expired in 2014. Now, there isn't the will of the industry to update those. So we are, in effect, you know, still seeing syllabi from an outdated curriculum um, and, and to answer Penny's questions, there are no sports therapy qualifications on the qualifications framework. So all of these clinical diplomas and, and, and things that you might see in master's diplomas, they don't actually exist. They are in-house certificates which have an accreditation by an awarding, uh, sorry, by a, a, a membership association Sometimes it's not even a, a relevant membership association, and I'm not disrespecting what the FHT do, but, but when the FHT are accrediting a sport, clinical sports therapy diploma, I question when there's anybody who's occupationally competent enough to actually accredit that. So I think the industry has got a, a big part to play in it, and, and I am planning um, you know, a, 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 to dedicate one of these sessions to the changes that are happening in the qualifications you know background at the moment with the, the the further watering down of the of the level three massage for performance or massage for sport as it's now being marketed and we will be issuing guidance to our members by either the end of this academic year uh, in time for next academic year or we will be issuing it for the start of 2024 depending on how things progress in the background but i can see a time when the STA will not accept level three um, sports massage um, practitioners for anything other than student membership. And then we can possibly guide them towards a level four, which in my opinion should be the minimum standard at the moment. And, and I personally see two clear pathways for, for the qualifications as they see at the moment. And I've had this consultation with a number of awarding bodies. You can go and do a, a two-day level three massage for sport or massage performance if you're a fitness professional and just want to add it as an adjunct to your your toolbox now or and, and don't have any remedial intent with your 
treatment, if you like. And, and I, I, I can't think of a word because by treating somebody, we're inferring that we're making them better. And I don't want that to be misunderstood. But if you want to work in the soft tissue therapy, the remedial industry, for, for want of a better phrase, then I'm directing people to do a minimum of a level four. I think level fives are commercially driven. Um, in most cases, there are some really good level fives out there, but there are some really poor ones as well. And and we are marketed to as an industry that if we've done a level three, we must do a level four. When we've done a level four, we must do a level five. But in many cases, and sorry if I'm ranting about this, but those levels, those numerical levels, bear no resemblance to education levels in the UK. So when we get to some companies offering sixes and sevens, then you're laughing, are you? <laughs> They're out well, there. Oh, you haven't got to look far. Yeah, level yeah. level sixes. Level six is a degree. Level seven is a master's. Level eight is a PhD. Now, anybody who is purporting to run a master's diploma isn't. Mm. You know, they might have an accreditation from BTEC, and I'm not disrespecting BTEC here, but they offer a service where you and I, Matt, could meet tomorrow, write a course about hairdressing. Um, we could go to BTEC and say, we want this at level five. We would have to prove competency in delivering assessment for 12 months and then we can self-certify. So in theory, we could go out, get a you know, hairdressing instructor. We could get, teach somebody how to you know, do a flat top or whatever, a skin fade or whatever's in these. <laughs> Bag of flat top. Wow. Honestly, I, I don't get out of this office much at all. You can tell. Yeah, um, not since 1980. <laughs> we can then assess. Here for the bats. Yeah, lovely. We, yeah, uh, uh, yeah. I'm mullets in. <laughs> uh, we can then assess them. They are. And, and then for, from next year, we can issue you. We can call our qualifications whatever we want in hairdressing. And I think that's where there's a fundamental flaw in the education system is, you know, there are no standards. Uh, and there are people out there who are guilty of, of you know, perpetuating poor quality courses um, with poor outcomes and with poor assessment, um, no external validity. And yeah, sorry, it's another rant. <laughs> That's fine. No, no, no. But it, it definitely drives home why it is important for us to to watch out for the words we are using and correct people. But I think the nicest thing that's come out of this is feel proud of what is on your certificate. You know, feel proud of it and, and use the title and, and, and don't replace it with anything else because you're doing your own, your own certificate and misservice in that. So look, it's um, 906 people. Um, thank you for that, Gary. And it is something I think a whole episode could be devoted on that. It's, it's um, as as Penny here from Sermon Sports Massage Therapy says, wow, the things we learn every Tuesday night. It's true. There's so much information out there which doesn't make it mainstream. And that's hopefully that's one of the things we're trying to do on the STAs. That's why you join the STA, because you're getting the truth um, as far as we know it and what's actually happening on, in the industry. Right. Well, the other questions we had lined up, we can save for another day. Um, we've covered quite a lot tonight. Just so people who have been listening, um, who have heard voices maybe on the podcast, Danny, could you just repeat um, yeah, where you're based and maybe how people can follow you on social media? Uh, sure. So Body Health Gatwick is the Instagram and the Facebook. Um, I'm based in Crawley in West Sussex, um, literally behind Gatwick Airport. And yeah, give me, give me a little follow. You can see all the nonsense I get up to. Fantastic. Yeah, definitely worth following. And we'll make sure that goes into the show notes. Uh, Nikki, for you, just to repeat, if people have heard your voice and they want to follow you. Uh, I am uh, at Soft Tissue Nikki on Instagram and on Facebook. Nikki Mansfield is uh, me and then my business is Mansfield Massage and Movement. I don't do Twitter because I don't get very angry very often. Thank you very much. Good to hear. Um, Scott, you're Scott underscore the physio, aren't you? Where, where is that? <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm actually Sports Therapy Scott. All right, okay. Yeah, nice. On Instagram uh, and then um, SL Sports Therapy on Facebook. Again, what part of the country? Because I think it's useful people listening, knowing, because we're, we're out of COVID now, I think. So, well, uh, just... I'm on the on the coast in the northeast, so in Brew in the northeast. We should be doing more clinic visits. We had a course the other day up at uh, Barefoot Physio in Exeter, and it was just so nice going to someone else's clinic and seeing how they, how they got things set up. And I think it's useful visiting other people's clinics. It's something we should encourage. The fact that but... you say up in Exeter tells us how far south. <laughs> Everything. So I'm on the south coast. Anything. I'd, if I just walk away from the sea, it's up. 
I can't go anywhere. I go to Asda, it's up north. It's like everything's up for me. Yeah, up in Exeter. Um, so yeah, I think visiting each other's clinics is something we should um, we should do that as a regular feature. We could do a little blog in it. I visited so and so. Yeah, that'd be nice. Food for thought, Scott. There you go. Leave that on with you. And then um, as far as Gary for the STA, if people want to contact you, email address. Yeah, Gary at the sta.co.uk. Also, STA Gary on Facebook. Um, that's just kind of a preferred thing because it comes through to my phone. Um, and I, I use that outside of office hours. But I, I'm usually in the office until 9 p.m. most evenings taking calls from members. You know, we have the mentorship scheme. We have the coffee evening chat. So Wednesdays and Thursdays, uh, Wednesdays and Fridays, I'm available three until nine. The, the, every other day, it's eight until two and then six until nine. But if anybody wants to to have an independent view of qualifications, we're the only association, to my knowledge, that's not linked to a training provider. We don't have directors who run training courses, you know, so we can give an independent view on on, on what's out there. So, yeah, STA Gary or Gary at the STA.co.uk. Fantastic. If any listeners are there out there are interested in finding out more about the STA, then yeah, those email addresses will work. Also, I'm Matt Phillips, and that's Matt at the STA.co.uk. Go along to our friendly website. There's loads of information there about benefits of joining. Um, it'll be cheaper than you can imagine. I promise you that, unless you're coming up with some really strange monthly fee, but it's very cheap um, considering what you get. So don't be put off by that. Um, and yeah, if you do need information, then maybe come along to one of these Tuesday nights and chat with the people in the live lounge. Thank you, everybody who joined us live nice segue there it's great to see you guys in here appreciate um, your feedback and questions but it is a great place to hang out and also our coffee chats as well although they are just for members so if you want a gateway to see what we're about and come along to the tuesday night podcast recording and once you are a member then then really make use of these coffee chats um, and the experience of scott and gary and other people for advice right then that's it thanks team um this month on the sports therapy association podcast the focus is going to be on nutrition We've got a couple of great speakers lined up. I've also got a couple of slots I'm trying to fill. So I'm going to put a post out later. But if any of our listeners are really keen to get hold of somebody in the world of nutrition, which relates to you and your clinic and your services and something you're interested in, then send an email, matt at the sta.co.uk. Um, I can get hold of them. I'm connected. So anybody nearly that you want to get hold of, send me some ideas because I want to bring you people who you've heard from and you want to listen to. So um, send me some emails, people. I've still got a couple of slots there I'd like to fill for later on this month. That's it. Thank you so much for joining us. Once again, thank you, Danielle Peters and Nikki Mansfield, Scott Loins and Gary Benson. Really appreciate your time, people. And hopefully we will see some of you listen to podcasts live next Tuesday on the Sports Therapy Association YouTube channel. That's it. Thank you, people. Take care of each other. You're listening to the Sports Therapy Association podcast. Put evidence back into soft tissue therapy.